in two Sipping and roasting is what we do Light them up, drink them down Whiskey and cigars all around Cheers, y'all Ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, as the world famous Smoking and Toasting. Smoking right that there. was a particularly good well, well, by the Thank way. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed like that. that. One, you kept that one going just a little was, bit longer yeah, than normal. You know, right sometimes. On, uh, right time. So I think it's because I'm excited because it's October. We're actually going to get some cooler temperatures. And it's actually. Uh, it got down to 80. Ish yes. the other night. Yes, but it's about, it's about to you know actually start feeling. I don't I don't know if I can go so far as to say a nip in the air, but the lack of you know sweaty <laughs> omnipresent uh, humidity all the time, uh, and and more importantly than that, the, the, the lack of swampy underpants. Yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And, but but even more importantly than that, it's October, which means it's the appropriate time. To drink Oktoberfest, which October you were Fest. kind enough to bring in as our uh, show beer. We do show beers on the show are the ones we're not necessarily reviewing or doing. Yeah, we're a just big drinking them on t- the show. We're just we're just <laughs> starting the show. Think of them as a palate warm up. Yes, beer of, of sorts. So welcome to the program. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Welcome to uh, program number 348, which is... That's uh, almost exactly halfway to 400. Excellent. Thank you for doing that. It's, it's an exponential uh, division. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's logarithmic division, if you will. Just when you thought you were going to be allowed to smoke again. There's trouble in Cigarland. So, so is is everywhere going to be like California now? You mean where you can smoke anywhere you want, right? Um, as long as it's not outside or inside. Yeah, I I think that's what they're going for. Yeah. No, this this bill will tell you about it. Unless it's weed. This bill that we thought was completely settled about premium cigars being exempted from this FDA regulation, that's now being appealed. Like, are you serious? I, really? We were told this was, like, over and done. That's, so that's outrageous. We'll get into the details of that. That is outrageous. Tell you what else is outrageous. Some of the stuff we're going to taste on the program today. Ooh. We are going to be trying something I am uh, actually really excited about. From Back Pew Brewing Company right here in Houston, Texas. Uh, we'll be trying their Blue Testament American Pilsner. Yes. Have you had this? I, I've, it's been a while. Okay. It's been a while. That uh, one's been around for a little while, though. Uh, Backview's been around for quite a bit. Yeah, I, I like a lot of their stuff. I really do. Uh, they have they, a Bach. They have one called Seder Swill that I've, I've had yes, a bit that's, of. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Odell Brewing Company, another uh, brewery I'm a bit partial to out of Fort the, Collins, Colorado. Odell makes great brews. Uh, we are uh, going to be tasting a juicy IPA they made called Juicy Tempo. Oh. So we'll look forward to that. And then from Harveystown Brewery. Uh, which is in Scotland, I believe. We'll be trying their Engineers Reserve Blackest Ale, which is called Old Engine Oil. Uh, I I think I love that without even tasting. Yeah, I was already. gonna say I don't know if you've tasted it or not, but I've this never seems even heard of that. this just seems like something that is but right. But it seems up like something alley. I would just buy. Absolutely, like, sight yeah. unseen. Absolutely. And then we'll be doing some tequila on the program. Tres Agaves Organic Tequila Añejo from Jalisco, Mexico. So we have that to uh, look forward to. We'll tell you about some cigars to watch for. Uh, we'll uh, tell you about the hottest cigar brands. 
in America. Right now. Yeah. No, the ones that are the biggest, you know, name brands. So we'll tell yeah. you about that. That'll I was be, just trying to add a little excitement, I a little urgency that. to it. And, of course, we will have our uh, fan favorite uh, segment of the program, the uh, part we like to call Drinking News. And today's Drinking News teaser headline. Take me out at the ball game. <laughs> there's a there's a slight difference. A slight there. difference, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Take me out at the ball game. So all of that uh, to look forward to. <sighs> I'm telling you, man, it's been a week. Uh, <laughs> it really has. I've had a busy one. Have you been busy or things, you know things so, slow in your so world? So it's been crazy busy for me. And of course, I'm going out of town uh, this next week mm. um, for a wedding. So I'll be uh, for any of you up in Minnesota. I'll see you there. Um, you got to bring back some Minnesota beers, by the way. I don't know if they so let me do that on the, the plane. I may pack some up and ship them. You can put them in a box and send them to me. There you go. And then maybe I'll still have them to bring on the maybe show. Maybe you'll forgive me for <laughs> for bringing you the big basket of uh, of malt liquor. That's right. It, it's about time you did something to make up for that. It really is. Because happy every, birthday to you, by the way. Every I now have, and then, yeah, I still burp and I, remember I, that I malt have, liquor. So I have a birthday present coming for you. It'll oh, okay. Be, it'll be. Cool. It'll be here soon, so it'll be I'm probably excited. when I get back when you get it. Uh, I am excited. Uh, so, no, you're going to be out uh, from the show next week. I and will be. I have invited a good friend of mine, Jim Heim, uh, to guest co-host the uh, program with me. And Jim is not only a great guy and an avid um, cigar and spirit and uh, craft beer enthusiast, but he is also the father of Abby Heim, who we've had on uh, she's from awesome. Great Heights Brewing. Yeah, she's and awesome. Abby is, uh, and, and I came to find out from talking to Jim that, he was the one that actually encouraged Abby to get into the brewing business. Nice. So, uh, so anyway, he's a he, he's a cool dude, and I'll uh, look forward to having him on the on the program uh, next week. And I'm sure we'll try some stuff that you would have loved had you been here, but you won't be here. So. I'm sure you will, and you'll yeah. tell me all about it. Yeah, we're gonna do the all barley wine show next week <laughs> since you're gone. Dang it. That's gonna be the plan. Uh, so anyway, that's not right. Uh, but but you have a you have a wedding you're going to? Is that right? Yeah, my nephew's getting married. Oh, so congratulations! We're to go him. up there and uh, and hang out, and then I thought I was gonna get away with it this time but he he called me like a few weeks after he announced the wedding he goes um can can you play at the wedding so uh, now i have to carry a guitar and all that other stuff yeah. but well, we're gonna always, have fun we do this all just time. for ease of travel you could always just take the ukulele <laughs> <laughs> it is inherently funnier than the guitar it we were is, talking about uh, that earlier it is a funnier instrument it's, it's a it, much funnier it instrument. just is well i uh, am guessing that even in the uh craze of this last week you probably had a chance to smoke something interesting so i want to ask you about that in a moment but first of all you have brought today's mystery beverage and we do we do this on the show from time to time oh boy did i more often late lately uh and the mystery beverage is one where whoever brings it in today it was ian um does not tell us what this is until after we've tasted and and made some sort of a comment about what no we, what but we did you know it. that they uh now serve malort in a can that's a joke. Is it, they don't do does that. it look like a hazy IPA? Because if it does, I'm out. Done. Thank you. Have a great week. We'll see you next week on Smoking and Toasting. Uh, no, this actually looks like a hazy IPA that you poured, which I don't know if it is. But if it is, I'm a little surprised because I'm usually, would, I'm usually the guy that brings in the IPAs. Yeah. Hazy IPA, right? Yeah, so, uh, I just want you to nose this first and tell me what you think. Hmm, it's got kind of a... Yeah, it am, does. I, am I getting hazelnut? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, or butterscotch or... Yeah, <laughs> something. Yeah. yeah, something completely unexpected. Given what it looks yeah. like, and now yeah. for something completely different. Okay, so let's see what. So we yeah, got. not a whole lot on, on the nose. I'm like so interested to see what you think of this. Oh, 
I almost stick with that butterscotch comment. Yeah, it's really good. Butterscotch, definitely. You're right. There is a um, sort of a baking spice quality to it. There's mm -hmm. a... Uh, uh, this is a flavor like that's not at all popcorn. what I was expecting. This is yeah. something you've had before. It's interesting you say that. Am I getting I, peanut, peanut butter? A little bit. Am I yeah, getting peanut butter? So I, this... I, could, I could see the peanut butter. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like yeah. butterscotch, popcorn, peanut butter. I could, it's It's... So from Urban South, which I just want to first say, love this brewery. Yeah, it's going to be outrageous. These guys rock. So it's the Delicioso Agua Fresca. It's a horchata. Really? So wow. tell me, Ian, horchata what cerveza. exactly wow. is horchata? Okay. For those who <laughs> well, don't horchata know. Horchata is the, uh, that, that sweet. You can buy it. Uh, and, and I work. actually had some yesterday at a restaurant, little yeah, Mexican restaurant, taqueria down the street, and yeah, it's you know, it's like a, it's like a milky, sweet, cinnamon, sugary type drink. That's you know, it's not and all of that fully milky. It's profile. like uh, you know, got water in it, but yeah, it's. But this is not a horchata. It's a horchata flavored. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a I horchata. can taste that. It's mm. uh, and it's, it's cinnamon and all kinds of other stuff going on in there, um, and it don't have a lot of. It says uh, horchata agua fresca brewed, uh, creamy and rich with just a touch of cinnamon. Now I uh, taste cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah, it's it's really interesting, <laughs> but I love that you said popcorn earlier because yeah, like when you're just parsing out the flavors, it mm -hmm. does so many different little things. But popcorn is one of those weird things that popped up in my mind too. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, and I've had this already. I tried this at the brewery last week, mm -hmm. and um. And because uh, brewery's not actually far from where you live, right? Because there's a uh, the original Urban South is in Louisiana, but right. they opened up a Houston brewery yeah, they as well. Yeah, mm. a Houston one, and um, and it's super nice. I went in there and uh, was chatting with them. I was trying to see if I can get them on the show at some point in time soon. That'd that was my uh, ulterior motive. Yeah, uh, but great. I ended up chatting with a super nice lady at the bar, and um, and I saw this and I thought, wow, my wife would probably really like that. She loves horchata. She didn't like the beer. Mm. <laughs> she's like man it's all right yeah. i was like i thought this would be great but i thought it'd be fun to bring in here pretty good because i think that this is a great yeah version of a horchata beer like i've never had another one but this is pretty yeah. darn good yeah i'm i'm kind of digging it myself i yeah i like it i'm i do i like it uh, well mystery beverage solved that's yeah. a, beverage that was solved. interesting that's, that's an interesting one yeah uh, <laughs> a real interesting one yeah i wouldn't have i wouldn't have thought that no malorts were harmed in yeah. this edition of smoking <laughs> and, and toast and no one was harmed by a malort yeah. which is even more even more important uh ian we got about three minutes left in this segment is that enough time for you to run through your cigar or Man, should we want or me to should do we, it all uh, uh should we uh you know fast save it for you we should probably save it actually okay why don't we do that in the meantime i'll tell you about some cigars to watch for uh, Dominican cigar maker Casada Cigars, a brand that I'm a fan of. Uh, yes. Uh, they're celebrating 15 years of their Casa Magna brand with a limited edition smoke called the Casa Magna XV Anniversary. And it is uh, already shipping to retailers. It's made in only one size at the Toro that's 6x54. And it's intended to be a stronger version of the already bold Casa Magna Colorado line. Uh, the Colorado Robusto from Casa Magna, was the number 20 cigar of 2022 and was named Cigar of the Year back in 2008. So nice. there's a pretty, you know, pretty good line of royalty. heritage there, yeah. yeah. Some heritage going on here. Uh, this one will feature the same Nicaraguan filler and binder as the original. 
but a Habano 2000 leaf uh, from Ecuador, uh, and it is a suggested real retail price of about $15. It's produced in the Dominican Republic at Casados Tobacco's uh, uh, factory. And then shipping to retail now, General Cigar Company and Flint Knoll Winery have teamed up once again to produce the Macanudo Estate Reserve Flint Knoll Number 2. Now, ah. this is Macanudo getting... Very creative, because I think of Macanudo, as you probably do, which is, you know, they make really good My First Cigar. Very, yeah, uh, very, very traditional. Very traditional, uh, kind of very mostly. straight-ahead cigars. Mostly like, uh, lighter blends. But they've been killing it recently, like the Inspirato and a few others, man, have come out. Yep, yep. And, you know. Well, this one's made with a binder leaf that's aged in wine barrels, aimed at creating synergy between the cigar and Flint Knoll's California Cabernet. Uh, uh, it con- consists of. I love of that. Connecticut seed wrapper from Ecuador and filler combination of Brazilian uh, Matafina, Nicaraguan tobacco from Jalapa, and two different Dominican varietals. But the Dominican varietals are Olor and Piloto Cubano. So you're yeah. talking about a stronger cigar yeah, here, yeah. based on uh, based and on the tobacco. You had me a Matafina anyway. The Matafina yeah. is so good. <laughs> the oak cask that they use to uh, age the binder previously housed Flint Knoll's 2019 Royal Appointment, a wine that uh, uh, brand owner Aaron Michaels calls a value. Valley Floor Cabernet on account of the relatively low elevation districts where the grapes are grown, uh, namely in the Calistoga and Stag's Leap area. So uh, the blend of this second release is the same as the first, but the difference is the barrels themselves. So that's something to uh, to be on the lookout for. And last year, three lines of Sancho Panza were revitalized by the creative juggernaut known as Matt Booth. Uh, on Monday, uh, the 25th of September, uh, the uh, intrigue around Sancho intensified with the launch of a new limited edition brand that Matt Booth says, and this is his quote, is a hypersexual blend that provides both pleasure in the combustion experience and depth to the brand's overall offering. It's Matt Booth and the new Sancho Panza. I have no idea what that means, but I love that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he, he's a dude. Uh, the Sancho Panza limited edition Toro. You can look forward to about a thirteen dollars cigar. All right, we got to take a break. We will be right back to find out about the cigar that uh, lit up Ian's week. Uh, coming up next, is smoking and toasting. Back at Smoking and Toasting, episode 348. My name is Cruz. My co-host is Ian Barry. Thank Behind us crazy. on the wheels of steel, uh, the one and only Terry Michaels and Adam in the cloud, our executive producer. And during the break, uh, Ian poured us some more of this horchata beer. And uh, Look at the difference noted, between mine and yours. Yeah, so this is an earlier pour. Ian's is a later pour. And yours includes chunks. Yes, uh, yes. I, I, well, I, I mean, it's it, because it's part of this complete breakfast. It, <laughs> it looks like real horchata, though. It's it's got that yet milky. It definitely look gets a more it. milky yeah, quality. Does, yeah. Does real horchata have chunks, though? I. I, I, don't, I don't know. Think the, I don't know. Yeah. Not really. Yeah, Ian, not really. Ian loves chunks and chewiness in his beer. I'll I'm just okay with that. that. It, doesn't, it doesn't actually bother me at all. Totally fine with it. Mm. Uh, well, while you're enjoying that, why don't you tell us about uh, uh, what you had the opportunity to smoke this week that we I might will. find um, interesting. So I had a foundation. This is twice in a row I think I had a foundation cigar. Mm-hmm. But this was the Olmec Maduro and uh, I'm just going to read what they say on the website real quick, and then I'll go to my thing. Uh, the the heartland of the Olmex is uh, tropical lowlands of modern-day Mexico state of Veracruz, Tabasco, and um, San Andreas Tuzla. Today, this is the same region that grows some of the finest San, Andrea ne- uh, San Andreas Negro wrapper uh, tobacco. 
The seed variety is considered one of the oldest seed varieties in the world. Old Mex cigars contains the finest Nicaraguan filler tobaccos from Esteli and Jalapa Valleys. After fermentation, these filler tobaccos are bale aged um, for three years. Bale aged, not barrel aged. That's right. Uh, for three years before uh, going on to production. That means floor. the leaves are stacked flat in a bale, kind yes, of bound together yes. and aged together that way so that they sort of seep into each other, as it were. Yeah, so I'm going to start off saying this was the uh, Corona Gorda is a 5.5 by 48. Um, the pre-light sniff on is earthy and chocolate, sweet coffee uh, on the nose as well. Uh, I used a pre uh, I used a, a punch on the pre-light draw. Medium draw overall, dark chocolate, sweet, dark, uh, sweet dried dark fruit going on in there. The initial light, Nicaraguan pepper blast, buddy, nice. right off the bat. I enjoy that. Um, dark fruit, wood, and coffee. Uh, the draw opens up just a little bit. Retrohale is very peppery and woody. Mm. The first third of this, big bad brownie with pepper. Loads of dense, rich smoke delivers dark chocolate, espresso, dark fruit, all with a solid woody background. The retrohale is cedar and sweet pepper, solid ash, perfect burn. You'll see in this picture right here. Mm -hmm. uh, rich brownie batter. Um, uh, on the second, third, with uh, with wood and dark fruit, full strength, yet not harsh. The retrohale is cedar and sweet pepper, solid ash, perfect burn. On the last third of this, the dark fruit sweetness and a slightly tart note move forward. Cedar, espresso, and brownie flavors remain constant uh, and consistent. The uh, retrohale is a little sweeter here with cedar and pepper, solid ash, perfect burn. This nice. uh, cigar comes in at $12.50. Um I, that's that's pretty much super premium, I think. Once you hit after twelve dollars, so twelve you would say is where where were you? Jump yeah, that's into usually super about premium? where I put it. So, but yeah. a five point five, this cigar was outrageously good. It smoked for uh, right at an like almost exactly an hour. And what size was it? This was five point five by uh, fifty. Okay, or so, forty eight. So it's not huge, but it's, uh, it's, not, enough, it's not a great big cigar. Enough to but keep you going man, for an it hour. was good. Yeah, about forty eight. Sorry, yeah. uh, I kind of a little that. box press too. So where'd you uh, pick that up? I was over at Casa. Casas, uh, yeah, they had it over there. They have some fine people over yeah, there. Yeah, they have. They always have the new stuff at the end of the aisle. So, like, I always shop there first because you know, uh, when you've done three hundred and almost four hundred shows, yeah, um, that's a lot of cigars. So you got to try yes, to find is. something new once in a while. Yeah, absolutely, it is. And I, uh, I run into the same thing. In fact, the cigar that I will tell you about uh, coming up in the next segment is one I picked up at Cigar Town because I hadn't seen it at other, you know. Humidors that I've been in, we were out there doing the show, and I was like, "Oh, they got a nice selection of these. This is a good-looking cigar." You picked up one of the Stallones. I right? did. Yeah. I did. Okay. I'll be telling so you I've all had about that, that before. Actually, uh, Alan Denny, Alan Denny, turned me onto that one. Yeah. And that's a, a really interesting little boutique brand. So I'll tell you about my experience with that coming up. Plus, uh, the um, inevitable appeal of one good ruling for premium cigar lovers. We'll tell you about that. And what are the best-selling cigar brands in the United States? We'll let you know that as well. We are coming back at Smoking and Toasting. Ah, yes. Legit actual organic sound effects here on the smoking and toasting show welcome back it is our program smoking and toasting all about craft beer fine spirits and hand-rolled cigars and we enjoy those things very much in fact i want to tell you while ian's pouring one of those craft beers for us to taste i want to tell you about the cigar that i enjoyed uh this week uh which was my first time to try the stallone azabache maduro toro that's easy for you to say now first things first the stallone line of cigars is not owned by the most well-known Stallone, Sylvester, 
or even by his questionably talented brother, Frank. Uh, and there is a Frank Stallone, by the way, for those who are lucky enough to have forgotten. Who's a guitar player? Frank Stallone had a song called Far From Over on the soundtrack of one of his brother's movies, and it was awful. There's a whole South Park dedicated to him, remember? To, oh, I, I don't know yeah. if I've seen yeah, that. Yeah, it's the one to where Frank he has Stallone? to... Yeah, he has, well, he has to sing, hit this one note is oh, what it is. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't a Frank fan. As far as <laughs> Sylvester himself... Hey, look, man. Look, Rocky was a classic. Nepotism's a good thing in some situations. Yes, yeah, right. But as far as the more outstanding Stallone, uh, Rocky was a classic. The sequels weren't quite as good. And I never got into the whole Rambo thing, but I do love his series on Paramount Plus called Tulsa King. Oh, my God, that's a great show. But that's not important right now. Uh, so I mean, the Expendables are pretty fun. The Expen Expendables are good. And there's another one coming, if you can believe that or yeah. not. But uh, anyway, stolen cigars are actually owned and blended by Tony Barrios who also is a cutting horse competitor. And Stallone simply means stallion in Italian. So that's where the name comes from. And insert Italian stallion Stallone jokes mm -hmm. here. As to the cigar itself, the Azabache features a dark, smooth Habano 2000 Maduro wrapper over Nicaraguan binder and filler, and it's absolutely beautiful box press. I picked this one up from the Humidor at Cigar Town a couple of weeks ago, and I've been looking forward to smoking it ever since. It's one of those that kind of calls to me from the humidor and i'm like no wait i want to do that one for the show uh anyway the uh, pre-light inspection gave me hints of coffee and earth with a note of dried fruit on the cold draw i used a punch and lit her up preparing myself for the inevitable nicaraguan pepper blast and i didn't really get one a cigar did come on a little strong at first before it settled down but i wouldn't really call it a nicaraguan pepper blast more like a Nicaraguan pepper sachet or something. Oh. Uh, anyway, there was pepper, to be sure, Even. which left a light and uh, pleasant tingle on the tongue. But black coffee was the primary note for the first third, along with a little bit of leather and a hint of black tea. Construction was good. Burn was solid. And draw was just the way I like it. The ash held on for about an inch before falling on its own. Thankfully, it was not in the vicinity of my shirt. Uh, the second third, more black pepper and leather, but the coffee note slowly became a little bit sweeter, like someone had taken that cup of black coffee and, you know, added a, Add a little, little bit, bit of mm -hmm. sugar to it. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, maybe even a dash of cream. Okay. Uh, Stallone is a very small boutique cigar company, but they've secured the services apparently of some very good rollers because even box pressed this Azabache burned like a champ. Nice. I mean, it, it honestly, the construction just could not have been better on this cigar. The final third did not change a great deal from the second, but added some layers of complexity that I really enjoyed. I'd get fleeting hints of other flavors that uh, included citrus zest, toasted almonds, and seasoned oak. Uh, overall, though, black pepper and coffee dominated, and since those are two tobacco notes that I really like, I enjoyed the cigar quite a bit. Uh, the Stallone Azabache is a 9 to $10 cigar, and I'm going to give it a 6 nice. on the price-to-quality scale. That's not to say that it's substantially better than some of my favorite smokes in that price range, but I do that more as a nod to Tony Barrios and Stallone Cigars for not pricing this like so many other small production boutique cigar makers would have. I've smoked 
some of these boutique sticks that were not in any way more enjoyable or complex than the Azabache, but were priced anywhere from $15 to $28. Right. And uh, so kudos to Barrios and to Stallone for keeping this one more affordable. I think you should try it. You can find these cigars on some of the online sites, and I'm sure you can track them down to the shop somewhere close to your area. If you're in the greater Houston area, Cigar Town, where we did a show recently, has a really nice stock of yeah. a number of different ones of these. They're worth seeking out, and I do recommend the Stallone Azabache. I do not recommend Far From Over by Frank Stallone. And that is my <laughs> that is my uh, cigar review for this week's show. So I made a mistake earlier when you were talking about this beer, the Backview uh, American Pilsner. I thought I'd tried this, but now I'm looking at I'm, this is not this is not I was one thinking I've tried. this is a new release. My wife actually brought this home. Uh she often uh will put me together a six-pack sampler when she's in uh, one of the grocery stores, H-E-B or Kroger. And and uh, so she is always looking for things that she doesn't think I've seen before. And this was in her latest haul to, uh, that she brought home to me. And I thought, you know, I may take this one on the show. This has a I very, like pew. A very uh, uh, <clears throat> like cereal kind of quality to the nose. And when you say cereal, you don't mean like cereal killer. You mean like like a bowl no, of No, they're like a bowl of cereal. Yeah, okay, got it. I don't know what it's like. Those kind of different is. grains. This is uh, Back Pew uh, Blue Testament American Pilsner. It says, drink true, drink blue. Is it an oat? It's cereal a, note? It says, uh, maybe. It says, artfully crafted with blessed well water. Blessed well water in Porter, Texas. Um, and then on the side, it says, <laughs> the flavor that strikes you like a bolt from the blue, 5.2% alcohol by volume. But underneath it says, Malt liquor. Mm. Interesting. I, I don't know what that means there. Have I can really taste it? the uh, <clears throat> well, the blessed well water. Absolutely, I can taste it. I, I'm just going to go right out and say this is delicious. This is what Budweiser and Miller wish they tasted oh, like. Oh yeah, they, yeah. that cereal note in there is so good. It is delightful. It, it gives it the tiniest bit of sweetness, which then balances with the bitterness of the hops, and it's yeah, there's, wonderful. There's a crazy hot bitter that happens right after, and by crazy, I mean like unexpected, not mm -hmm. like that right. it's over top. But it's it's but definitely then on the there. Finish you get and that it's little bit of sweetness. unapologetically there, and it's really nice. It's balanced so nicely. Yeah. Uh, this easy drinking pilsner is crafted with passion to bring out the best in its uh, very unique element. I'm sorry, and, that and it's every unique element. To go ahead, <clears throat> oh, it says go ahead and try find another brew that combines traditional German flavors with the sweetness of Texas blue corn. Okay, so that, that's where the sweetness mm, is coming. That's where and the, the sweetness cereal note cereal that you comes okay. from, right? Okay, so totally. the like corn, corn pops. Kind of, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Did we say that same time? Jinx, you owe me a coke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a you owe me a, a blue. To create a rich, crisp uh, uh, experience, crisp, we'll be yes. here when you get back. Mm. So, I think it's outstanding. I only yeah, wish it's pretty I'd, good. It's, it's so different. I, I only wish it. I'd tried this earlier in the summer because this could have been my go-to summer it's, beer. Oh, yeah, it's so you interesting. Yeah, good summer for beer. hanging at the pool. Yeah, you know? for real. Oh. Easy. Yeah, easy to drink. I wouldn't have nailed that as corn, but now that now that we've said it, it it kind of <laughs> you're, yeah. It kind of yeah. comes across. It's really, really good. It, it, that, what is that, that corn cereal? Pop cereal? Is, is it called yeah, like corn, corn puffs? Yeah, corn, corn puffs. puffs. Corn puffs. Okay. Yeah, like corn puffs, kind of, or almost um, like a corn tortilla kind of. Ooh, yeah. Now you're talking. Sure it. Yeah, it's really, yeah. really you know nice. How, you know how when you get uh, like a street taco, like a Mexican street taco, yeah. and it's got like uh, beef and onions 
and they wrap it in that corn tortilla, corn tortilla. and the corn tortilla is so yeah. good. Yeah. 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 I get a little. I'm sorry. I, got, I just got a little carried away with that there. But it is. It is. This would go great with that. Yeah. Yeah. It would. It would mix mix up with it just perfectly. It would mix up with it almost. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. No. Uh, nice. Kind of went there. <laughs> I'm still wondering why it says Walt Liquor on it. I don't know. Well, isn't beer technically a malt liquor? Uh, maybe it's because it's made with that blue corn. Oh. But why would that make it malt liquor? I don't, I don't know. know. I have no idea. I'm making stuff up at this point in time. Uh, you know, they make uh, Bud Light with a lot of rice, but they still call it beer. That's where there's that. <laughs> you know? Uh, I'm not sure that's a good thing. Uh, I like rice. I like corn, but I'm not sure. I'd... Rice is fine when you want to eat like a thousand or something. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and still be hungry. <clears throat> and still yeah. be hungry. <laughs> well, I I'm going to tell you, this is delicious. And it's you really know good. Yeah, and, I agree. And you know what else? Just because... You we were talking about rice made me think of sushi. This would be great with mm. sushi. Oh, it would. That, in that the same way that a Japanese finish on yeah. it, too. Yeah. yeah, I bet it would be absolutely fantastic. And now I'm hungry. Dang it. And now, now <laughs> I'm away home. I have to hit a grocery store that has this and hit some grocery store sushi. Yeah. and it's, it, <laughs> Because that's scary in some places. But in Houston, man, grocery store sushi is not so bad. Okay, They have a lot of it in a lot of the stores. H-E-B. That's what I'm saying. Houston, yeah. If you get their Salmon Delight or Salmon Deluxe, uh, well, that is one of the best yeah. gas station sushi uh, <laughs> uh, things you will ever eat. I it's really good. It's I true eat. because there's actually usually a gas station out at the <laughs> front of the HEV, too. Yeah, yeah. The only thing is they all have avocado in them. That's the only problem. Well, they this all is have not avocado. a problem, Terry. This, this is not a problem. Not a problem. a problem with me. <laughs> I'll tell you what is a problem. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has appealed last month's ruling that gave cigar makers relief from the deeming rule, which is uh, seeking to severely limit how fine cigars are made, marketed, and enjoyed. Back on the 9th of August, Judge Amit Mehta ruled in the case known as the Cigar Association of America et al. versus the U.S. Food and Drug Administration that the FDA acted in an arbitrary and capricious manner in its actions against the makers of handmade cigars. In an opinion written prior to the ruling, he referred to one of the FDA's arguments as exactly the sort of non-responsive, circular reasoning the court faulted previously. Instead of addressing the relevant data before it, the agency resorted to a common refrain to obscure the issue in, quote, it went on to say that the FDA statement was not accurate then, and despite litigation counsel's efforts, it is not accurate now. That's what the judge wrote. Now... That ruling is being appealed. So this is not over. We thought it was over mm. when that ruling came down. I thought, that's it. They can't take this any further. But apparently someone can. And I don't <clears throat> I don't really get it. Uh, Rocket Patel said, I think the judge was very clear the FDA didn't provide relevant data. And the amount of money spent on appealing this case makes no sense at all. We make up 0.01% of all tobacco products. It's very clear and evident they are not reasonable and not rational and it will take they say a long time for this appeal process to play out which means this is going to be all up in the air so they're just all this i time. feel like i feel like they're just playing a, a attrition at this point in time they're mm -hmm. just trying to bind it so all up so much in legal yeah. that nothing gets done. It'll likely take a year for the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit to consider the appeal and issue its decision on whether there can even be an appeal which doesn't mean it will be successful or not, just means whether they get to do it. And then uh, 
Uh, Drew Newman, one of the owners of J.C. Newman in Tobacco in Tampa, Florida, said, In 30 pages of clear and unequivocal text, Judge Mehta explained why the FDA's decision to uh, to regulate premium cigars was arbitrary and capricious and not supported by substantial evidence. So according to Newman, the burden will now be on the federal government to demonstrate that the judge's conclusions were wrong. So the FDA is just using the shaggy <clears throat> defense at this point. The shaggy defense? It wasn't me. <laughs> right, no matter how much evidence you I even got you on camera, it wasn't me. Right? Like, like, yeah, I think everybody can relate to We all know that guy, right? You know? Because <laughs> it doesn't matter what evidence you bring up. It wasn't no. me. <laughs> it doesn't matter how good yeah. and how debunked you have just made the evidence. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Cigar Rights of America said in a recent email, we remain confident that the facts of this case are on our side and that we will prevail on appeal. So eventually there's just so. FDA is going to feel uh, appeal on, hey, um, these are my feelings and they need to be valid. <laughs> facts don't care about your feelings. Yes, that's yeah. right. So and more importantly, wouldn't me. What me? The shaggy defense. <laughs> I like that. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna invoke that next time I'm uh, being accused of something, uh, whether I did it or not. Just uh, <laughs> me. What me? What me? What me? Uh, still to come on today's uh, smoking and toasting radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza, we'll talk about the best-selling cigar sizes and brands in America, and we also have uh, I don't know if we've ever gotten to this the. Uh, uh, the best Scotch whiskeys in the world. Have we got in the list? world in the in the world right now. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we may uh, we may have to get to that in a uh, in a few minutes. But we'll uh, we'll get to all of that. Of course, we mentioned drinking news will be coming up, and uh, we'll also tell you. I think this, I think we have some more cigars to watch for for you to be on the alert for. So we'll uh, we'll get to that as well. A lot of cigars in the news uh, this particular week. You know, sometimes it's all about spirits. Sometimes it's all about uh, craft beer. It was a, a lot of cigars. Up at the cigar time. shop earlier, and uh, one of the guys I chat with, Carrie up there, <clears throat> uh, was talking about asking if I tried that new uh, JF. Are um, the Immenso, the Connecticut one? That sounds like your size of a thing, right? Yeah, they, well, uh, they call it Immenso. I haven't figured out why. Yeah, <laughs> it's like seventy <laughs> ring gauge or something like that. But um, yeah, he was talking about the new Connecticut that just came out, and I haven't tried it yet, so maybe that'll come up the next right. show or something. Yeah, you may want to start smoking it like right after the show, just so you, it'll be done by so it'll next be done show. By the next yeah. show. Uh, still to come, also Odell Brewing Company's Juicy Tempo. It's their Juicy IPA, and from Harvest Harveystone Brewery in Scotland, uh, the Reserve Blackest Ale, the Engineers Reserve Blackest Ale, called Old. Engine oil, which just sounds like something that Ian it occurs is going to me to that love. Odell had a uh, they, they have this musical thing because they had the drum roll APA. You mm-hmm. remember that? That was a really good pale ale. Yeah, it was good. Love that. So yeah, they they kind of stay in the uh, in the musical space. And is Odell one of the ones that is uh, uh, part employee owned? I don't know. I think that maybe they have right. the ninety we'll, shilling. And that we'll makes have to me a fan. we'll have to look that up. Uh, coming up. Uh, more of that and a little bit of Tres Agave's organic tequila añejo on Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We, uh, Ian mentioned... 
uh, when reading from the can here of the American Pilsner Blue Testament from Back Pew Brewing, that it does say at the bottom down here, it does describe itself as a malt liquor. So if only there were some device where we could go and like ask a question and get an answer. Like some super some, some sort of handheld uh, thing. Hand. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so well, I mean, maybe use... in the future they'll make something that like that like has more uh, processing power than an entire room full of NASA in <laughs> the nineteen sixties. Yes, exactly. Uh, and I, what I have done is I have gone to the massive Smoking and Toasting Research Library to uh, research the question: Is all beer malt liquor? Because we asked that when we first read that on the can. And here is what our researchers have uncovered. Malt liquor is a type of beer that is often sweeter and heavier in body than regular beer. It is typically made with a higher percentage of malt, which gives it a sweeter taste. And this does have a little bit of a sweet taste, mm -hmm. right? Uh, malt liquor is also usually higher in alcohol content than beer, which can range from 5% to 8% ABV. 5.6, I think, is what that's So 5%. At. So flavor that strikes you like a bolt from the blue. Now, I will say this. I don't have a good mental connection with the words malt liquor. And it stems from our malt liquor taste test show that we did back during the pandemic, wherein you dropped off a case of malt liquor at my house of all different kinds. It was very kind of you. Um, See, all I think about is nothing beats the bull. Yeah, or, well, so or, we had or Billy D. Liquor. Williams yeah. and Colt 45 commercials. Okay, so that's, that's what I think of growing a, up. Uh, there was a, um, my uncle that drank malt liquor. There was a Saturday Night Live uh, um, mock-up was cold cock malt yeah. liquor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. That was pretty funny. But this, I, I'm telling you, I, the, the worst burps I've ever had in my <laughs> life after that show. And they lasted for days. Yeah. Days. <laughs> I could I couldn't stand it. it. It was that was worse than the actual drinking of the malt liquor, in my opinion. You know, the so remember show. when we did our show. bottom shelf bourbon uh, yeah, blind taste yeah. test? We found actually like three or four out of mm -hmm. those twelves were actually really not just drinkable, yes, but actually pretty good, right? Right. Um, and the malt liquor blind taste test. We found out that pretty much none of them yeah, tasted really good. <laughs> pretty much all just absolutely. Sucked. I mean, unless you like, unless you like, you know, dirty laundry brewed with lemon. Yeah, right. Um, lemon uh, helps get that lemon, dirty laundry uh, like, like uh, flavor to rise lemon. to the fore. Right? Gentle uh, notes of carpet mm. mold and and. Uh, <laughs> Cigar Aficionado uh, magazine has uh, polled uh, through their Cigar Insider, which is one of their newsletters. They polled uh, retailers as to what their best-selling brands were and the brands that were most often requested mm. by customers. So slightly different list, but interesting. The brands more often requested by, cu by customers, the top 10 list, starts at number 10 with Rocky Patel. Mm -hmm. Number nine, my father. Number seven, Romeo and Julieta. Number uh, also tied at number seven, Liga Privada. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I I love that brand, but I would don't know if I would have put it over my father and Rocky Patel in terms of. But if expecting people to request, but if it, you're right? a person going into uh, going into a, a cigar shop and you're like, I don't know what to get, but someone told me Liga Privadas were mm -hmm. good, you know. Right. Tied for fifth, the uh, Padron 1964 anniversary series, and La Flor Dominicana. Andalusian Bull. 
<laughs> Both really great cigars. Yeah. Uh, Davidoff. Good luck finding it, but man, that's a great cigar. Davidoff at number four. Padron, just Padron at number three. Number two, Arturo Fuente. And number one, an Arturo Fuente product, the Fuente Fuente Opus X. Ah. So very interesting. Now that list differs a little bit from the best-selling brand. And again, this is according to retailers who answered the survey. Romeo and Julieta at 10, La Flor Dominicana at 8, tied with Ashton, Rocky Patel at 7, Perdomo at 6, My Father at 5, a three, a two-way tie for third with Davidoff and Oliva, oh, wow. which didn't make the other list but makes this right. one, Arturo Fuente at 2, and Padron at number 4 with a whopping 48% wow. uh, saying that that is their best-selling brand. So little interesting information. You can chew on that while we get ready for hour number two of Smoking and Toasting. For those of you who only get the first hour of the show, thank you so much for joining us for that. And we want to remind you that you can always find hour two, which includes, among other things, drinking news. Uh, you can find that uh, anywhere that fine podcasts are hosted. We suggest uh, checking us out on YouTube because yeah, the shows man. are always posted there. Look for the Smoking and Toasting YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe. That's what everybody tells you these days, so we'll do it too. And we'll be right back with our two. It is Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, as that sound would... Uh, would allow you to believe and this is hour two of the show thank you for joining us and uh, for being a part of this program which is all about craft beer fine spirits and hand-rolled cigars speaking of fine spirits the results are in from the annual ultimate spirit challenge and scotch lovers are going to want to take note of this there are actually two single malts that tied for the top score amongst the whiskey category Ooh. each amassing an impressive 98 out of 100 from a team of judges which includes some of the more respected palates in the industry uh this contest matters they say because uh the united uh, spirits challenge is now in its 14th year and the annual competition they say had to sort through a record stack of submissions including entries from more than 50 different spirit producing countries wow. so that's that's pretty interesting just from uh, 50 different countries yeah so spirit producing countries spirits. yeah yeah uh, they say um, uh, this has been the most global of their competitions ever, uh, as far away from uh, New York as China, Australia, India, Kazakhstan, and Chile. And virtually all the categories saw healthy gains, and most notably, gin, ready-to-drink cocktails, mezcal, rum, tequila, vodka, and all whiskey and brandy categories were outstanding, they said uh, this year. On to the best, a fine girl. On to the best uh, scotches. The first 98 score was recorded by Highland Park 21. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, it's a 46% ABV single malt produced upon the windswept Ornkey Islands at the northern edge of Scotland. I just wanted to say Scotland with that accent one time. Well done. I've never tried to do that before. I'm terrible with accents. Yeah. Uh, so you may already be uh, familiar with the uh, distillery. The 21-year-old expression can be found on shelves for about $375 a bottle. But they, uh, they, they said it was absolutely worth it. Relative bargain and as accessible as Highland Park 21, but with a score just as good, uh, the Mortlock 16-year-old. Uh, it's bottled at a proof of 86.8. And it's a relative bargain, they say, at $115 oh, wow. uh, per bottle. So that's the Mortlock uh, 16. And they uh, go on to say that it's uh, it's absolutely just exquisite in terms of the flavors and the way that everything just uh, comes together on it. Combines. Uh, for uh, a few that came pretty close, for blended, Dewar's 18-year. They gave 97 points to Dewar's 18-year. I 18 ever had year. the 18. Yeah, now Dewar's... 
when I think of doers, I don't necessarily think of high end. No, no. Whiskey. You, you think more of a like a Jack Daniels or something in yeah, that. The doers, yeah. so doers is okay. It's drinkable. Um, but yeah, it's it's not really for, what I call for blended malt. They gave ninety six points, the highest score to Johnny Walker Green Label. Have you had Johnny Walker Green? I don't think I've had the green. I've had the blue. I've had the, <clears throat> I've had the blue and black. The black. I've yeah. had the red. Obviously, you don't want the yep. red. You the don't want the red. Um, and, it, and I've also had the double black. The double black. I don't think and I've the had the gold that. label, but I have not had the green label. Interesting. We'll have to do some more investigation. I think I brought the double black onto the show once. I think you did. I think it was quite good, actually, as I recall. Uh, the Independent Merchant Award went to the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society cast number 78.58 Baking Easter Treats, nine-year-old. That's, That's a cool. lot. That's, That's a, a mouthful. Lot. It is. And they gave it 97 points. Single Malt Highland went to Aberfeldy Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon cask finish. That's 15 years old. And uh, the Bowmore 18-year-old scored 97 points. Nice. Uh, which was also a really, really interesting and good score. So I thought those were very interesting. I, I, I'm going through more of a rye phase right now than a scotch phase. Do you, do you find that your tastes kind of wander from one style uh, to another? So I, you know, I started off really, really loving scotch. And then yeah. I, I tend to go more bourbon these days. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as rye goes, sometimes I want that flavor. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't always, sometimes I'm just like, I want, you know, I want to have just a good bourbon. And that doesn't exclude a rye from being part of that. Right. So. I don't know. But yeah, you're right. The scotch is a whole different thing. It's a whole different It's a very different style flavor of and yeah, style and that, you're, that you're that you're tasting that you're chasing. But uh uh all right. I, you I mean I have a whole shelf of very peaty scotch too. Which I don't like, drink that often, but I've, of I've started to enjoy it more and more when I do. That was that was something that's become an acquired taste for me because when like when we first started the show, I was not really into the peaty scotches at all. It's now it's, I'm kind of like kind it's of a little of an acquired thing, or maybe mm -hmm. you learn maybe you learn how interesting those tastes can be. Your palate adjusts somewhat, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, I would say I would say so. Uh, speaking of things your palate can adjust to. Um, I'm the IPA guy. You're not necessarily, but I'm wondering how you feel about Odell Brewing Company's Juicy Tempo. Odell doesn't seem to be able to do much wrong. They, they really don't, do they? No, it's pretty good. It's it's balanced. It's a little sweet. It's a little juicy. It's a little crispy. And then it goes away. Right. It finishes quick. Yeah. It goes away pretty quick, actually. It says, uh, get your groove on with Juicy Tempo. This juicy IPA drops the beat with psychedelic hop notes of rich pineapple, ripe pineapple, sorry, and bright orange. Crack a can, hit play, lose yourself in the melody of dazzling hop flavors. You mentioned how they really like the musical references. Yeah. Adele. This is a this is a really delicious uh, beer. It's, it's, a, it's an extremely drinkable, uh, hazy. It almost... It's almost like an orange pineapple juice, but it's a beer. It's also yeah. coming in at seven point seven. Is it really? I, yeah, I don't know it's if way I would, bigger than uh, I thought it was. I don't know if I would have expected that it would be that big mm -hmm. uh, just from the flavor because it drinks so easily. No, it's pretty nice. I like the. Uh, there's a dankness to the finish as well, just a little bit of it, um, and it's it's interesting because you don't usually get that in a juicy thing. Mm -hmm. There's just a kiss of that uh, pine cone and dank on the very end of it that make it. Kind of an interesting IPA. By the way, during the break, I sent a note to our uh, smoking and toasting research staff, uh, asking them to look something up for me. And uh, we had made mention, or I'd made mention in a previous segment, that Odell may be employee owned. 
yeah. uh, Odell Brewery. And here's what the research department, after climbing on ladders and looking at books on the very top shelf. And flipping through the uh, <laughs> card files. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, here's what they've uh, come back and told me. that Odell Brewing is an independent family and employee-owned regional craft brewery. Since 1989, the culture of family and collaboration has been what the brewery is all about, uh, fostering a brewery full of beer-centric people. And th- that's that's my people. Beer-centric people? Beer-centric, yes. I, I would say that's my people. That's my people. So I don't own a piece of Odell, but uh, I've certainly made some investments. <laughs> I just haven't received back any uh, <laughs> any stock certificates, as it were. But perhaps, I'm, uh, perhaps I need to you know, look yeah. into that. Uh, uh, yeah, the question request. is, how much of their 90 shilling do you have to drink before you actually own some stock? Maybe. Because <laughs> I've worked on that. Yeah, that 90 yeah. shilling is fantastic. It's really good. And they do these, uh, like, they do, they'll do like a mountain IPA, mm-hmm. I think, in the fall. All that is so delicious and so. Uh, this this is just a wonderful company. I, I really yeah. and I love the idea of employee owned. To me, that that just seems like I, I realize it's not for everybody, but uh, uh, it seems like that's a good way to prevent being bought out by the big guys. Or if you do, all the employees get a payday instead yeah. of just uh, you know just one or two people. So yeah. I thought that was uh, thought that was kind of cool. But Odell, yeah. I'm digging. I'm digging what Odell is all about, and really digging uh, this IPA. Are you uh, as much a fan of this as I am? I like it. Um, mm, if this was sitting next to their ninety shilling, I'd probably go ninety shilling, but certainly wouldn't turn this down at all. Yeah, it's it's really quite good. <laughs> it is oh really my good. God, it really is. No, I like uh, I like the finish on it. the finish is so interesting because it's got so many things in it that generally by themselves. I don't. I don't know that it would be that balanced, but it just does all these little things. It's so fun. Um, what do you? What would if you had to guess? What do you think is the best-selling size of cigar in the United States? Size or or robusto size or or like shape configuration. In other words, I would, robusto to, torpedo would be a size in this case. Yeah, right, so, right. Um, I would have thought so too. But apparently, Robusto is now number three really? on the list of best-selling sizes of cigars. Number four is a tie between Churchill and Corona. Huh. Number three is Robusto. Number two is the Grande size, which is like a little bit bigger around, sometimes bigger a little bit longer. Gauge, but not ring, necessarily right. like a... yeah. Number one, with 69.2% of the market, is the Toro or Corona Gorda. Huh. Which they kind of combine those two, and I, I, you could split hairs and say they're different, but yeah. a lot of it just depends on what the company decides to call right, right. a particular size. But I will say, the vast majority of the cigars I smoke are Toros. Yeah, I mean, I think by default that happens, um, but I, I pick up a lot of Robustos. A lot of cigars, especially if I'm trying them, I always try them in the Robusto size. Uh, and then if you like it and you buy more, yeah, maybe you go to a bigger I, size. But uh, I like bigger ring gauges in general, like so. Uh, you know, so I have no problems picking up something that's in the sixty ring gauge at any time. So, see, I'm a fan of forty five to fifty two is kind of my sweet spot. In terms You're such of a size gauge. queen. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, perhaps that's true, but uh, no, I really like. Uh, I don't necessarily. I, I wouldn't put you know the Lanceros at at the top of my list. I can enjoy a good one, but I'm always, to me, those always seem to burn a little hot. Lanceros can be anywhere from like, a, like say a 38 to a 40, mm-hmm. 
eight, maybe. Yeah, I, th- I think once you get about forty-four, you forty-four is yeah, forty-two-ish. Because, uh, because, like, like, I really Lanceros like... are really good in certain cigars. Like that Aladino Maduro Lancero oh, yeah, right. is That's outrageous. But there's there's a kind of a sweet spot. Like for me, AJ Fernandez Bella Artez Maduro in the forty-four ring gauge. That is like it's the, the one. perfect balance. To me, because I've had that cigar in a lot of different sizes, because right. it's one of my favorites, and I will just say that that forty-four, oh, that's so good. It's just so good. Something about so, it, it just hits it hits it the right way for the I, blend. I, I you know? agree. And then like something like the Milanio, uh, the Oliva Serie V uh, Milanio, in the Churchill. Oh yeah, and the Master Blend in the Churchill. Like I mm-hmm. think that for whatever reason, those cigars just hit those that shape really, really well. Now I went through. A phase as a cigar uh, lover that I wanted torpedoes of everything. Like torpedo just seemed that just seemed to be what I wanted. I loved the concept of snipping it off to where it the tobacco is coming together a little more. The aperture is uh, right where yeah, you want. Right, it, yeah. right, and and but yet you got the bigger uh, cigar in terms of of the ring gauge of the bulk of the cigar. Where do you uh, where do you come in on torpedoes? Are you a fan? So torpedoes, I like. I like. Uh, I like them just fine, but a lot of times I avoid uh, torpedoes because the lighters that I carry in my pocket a lot of times have punches on them. Right, and that obviously doesn't work. And that makes it a little tougher. You know, then I have to carry something around a little extra, uh, like a, an extra I have, clip by the way, like been in a situation where the only cigar I had was a torpedo, and the only cutter I had was a punch, and I have been able to make it work. <laughs> well, I have it, a pocket knife, but it, so but I can but it make requires it some. It requires some maneuvering, shall we say. Uh, but yes. right, I've gotten real adept, by the way, at doing a V cut with a pocket knife. Yeah, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm looking for a good V cutter. Uh, all of mine have been like plastic and like they don't last very long. I, you know, I have the same I issue. And I don't real, have a I want good, a really good one. one. Yeah. By the way, I want to say thanks to my wife because uh, for my birthday she replaced my uh, really cool uh, two sized uh, punch, the one that's like gold and silver mm-hmm. colored. I had used my old one so much. That it had become completely dull. Like you wouldn't cut it. And, and I took anymore. this new one and tried it on the first cigar. And it was like, oh my God, this is great. <laughs> this slices right through. It was like, I have no idea. How many cigars do you have to smoke to dull your sharp? Uh, well, you gave sharpened... me one of those and I yeah. absolutely love it. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. The only thing is, it's so nice. I don't want to put it on my keychain and carry it in my pocket because I'm afraid I'll scratch it up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm that way with lighters. You got too. me thinking about it now, too. I bet I could sharpen it. I'm Could you? How do you sharpen the little round? I've got files. Because man. the blade is, yeah. yeah, but that's very fine. Yeah. How would you do that? I, I think I could do it. All right. I may give you my old one just to see if you can, like, experiment on it and make All it right, work. All right. Let's do it. All right. Fair enough. I'll bring it in. All right. You are listening to and watching Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Drinking news is on the way. Plus, we're about to taste some tequila, one of my favorite things in the world to do. We'll do it next. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're moving into the fine spirits portion of the program now because Ian is pouring for us some Tres Agaves tequila. And this that's, is... Uh, that's Spanish for uh, three agaves. agaves. Yes, it is. Very very well done. I appreciate your... Uh, 
your mastery of the language there. I do what, the best thing. What's interesting about uh, this particular week's uh, tequila is that Ian has already noted that I have done the uh, difficult work of removing the plastic and uh, clearing the neck of the bottle just for uh, health uh, and OSHA requirements. You'll notice there's and, less <clears throat> spills, and uh, and I did not cut my finger on any plastic. And I'm going to have edges. to do this again next week because you will be gone on next week's shows, oh, and yeah. I'll have a guest have an, host an in here. Guest. And I sure don't want the get, no. inexperienced guest host no, yeah. to come in cut their finger on the plastic, spill the spirit yeah. everywhere, and then feel like they need to sue the and show. And this bottle is extra safe, it looked. Yeah, extra well, safe. You're absolutely right. I wanted to go yeah. the extra mile yes. on this one to yes. make sure that uh, that we were appropriately protected. Tres Agave's tequila is uh, crafted from single source, certified organic agave, and it is grown in, uh, um, in the Talapa Valley, and it is... A wonderful smelling beverage, isn't it? It does smell good. Yeah, yeah. I, you uh, know, it's got a very, um, very natural smell to it. This very... is what tequila should smell like, right? And and you're right. And I think back to like my college, it's years, just a right? little vanilla on the nose, <laughs> drinking, uh, drinking, you know, just Creville Gold or whatever, yeah. uh, doing shots of it using limes and salt and all of that kind of stuff that I've now sworn off. But uh, but it's. It's more like a pure organic version of that same smell. Well, yeah. first off, yeah. taking shots makes pretty much everything taste bad. Yeah. And then when you add salt and lime, well, you have to add salt and lime to whatever you're taking a shot of. Yeah. I mean, that's especially not good. Well, uh, the only time where I'll use a little bit of lime is with, how do I say this politely, lower grade Mexican beers. Like a Tecate or maybe a Modelo uh, can be improved with a little uh, wedge of lime. See, generally speaking, I just won't drink those. Yeah, right. Uh, if you're in a situation where you can avoid those or go higher. I'll tell you this. I'll drink a Bud Light before I'll drink a Tecate. See, I, oh, I I can't go there. I'll throw I that gauntlet go. right down. Uh, I don't I, like Bud Light either. I, I can't go there. I would definitely do the Tecate. But if you have a choice, by the way. Go with Negro Modelo. That's yeah. a dark beer, and it's actually beer. quite yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Negro Modelo is a good beer. Agreed. Trace Agave's tequila is crafted from single-source certified organic, uh, mainly grown in... You read all this, didn't you? Uh, mm -hmm. Just the first sentence. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, mainly certified, uh, mainly grown in... Uh, uh, I, can't, I can't say that. Tequila Valley, the birthplace of tequila, fermented and distilled using age-old artisan techniques. Our Añejo is aged for a minimum one year, giving it a golden hue. Rich yet balanced flavor. Golden hue Golden is uh, hue. a little generous because it's very, very pale straw. What's interesting to mm -hmm. me is that Añejo tequila, Añejo, which is the, I mean, there is an extra Añejo uh, mm. uh, branch above it, I suppose. But Añejo is considered between the Blanco and the Reposado and the Añejo. It's the oldest, and it could be only aged for one year and be Añejo. Mm. That's That's... The difference between tequila aging and some other spirits, which require a lot longer to become considered well, tequila, a really finely aged beverage. Tequila in its in its pure state, just your straight up blanco. I mean, it's it's a finished product almost immediately, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, well, blanco tequila like gin or vodka can be delicious, much, but right, it has tends to be it's a clear much spirit, done, you know, and it is very agave forward. The aging gets you some of the. Some of the flavors that we're picking up here, some of the barrel aging this is oak, woody. some of the Real woodiness woody. that you get from this, a little bit of that uh, um, uh, almost, I don't want to say molasses because that's more like a rum thing, but uh, definitely some vanilla notes and some um, 
uh, a very burnt sugar, burnt caramel. Yes, caramel. caramel. That's, sugar. That's, uh-huh. that's what I was looking for. Burnt caramel and vanilla, and those are notes I absolutely yeah. love in a tequila. And at about $45, this is a, uh, a really fine bottle of tequila. It's pretty nice. Uh, yeah, it really is. I, very good. I'm going to recommend it highly. And I'll, what I will do for you guys is I will continue to drink this for the remainder of the show. <laughs> that way, should there be any change in my opinion about it, I'll be able to express that to you very in clearly. real time. That's, that's a solid, in, that's in a solid real thing. Yes. This is this is why we do the show we do. It's smoking and toasting, and we'll be right back. Drinking news is next. Good. Mm-hmm. It was way in the wrong. It's all right. It was, it was the thought that counted. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And, uh, Ian, I just want to say I'm really glad that you uh, have your ukulele with you today because the Drinking News theme song may perhaps be more appropriate for the story today than it has ever really? been. And I don't want to say much more without giving the story away, but I'm just glad you're here and you're able to provide the musical accompaniment because it's time. For drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Rowdy Yates, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Rowdy Yates. He's a radio legend. <laughs> I love that. Uh, absolutely love it. Well, Drinking News is the uh, segment of the program where we bring you a story that we have collected from some uh, news organization. Uh, to the best of our knowledge, it's not fake news. It's not uh, parody news like The Onion. It's something that was actually reported and actually happened, or uh, so we hope. Although The Onion <clears throat> is pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's just, <laughs> you know, uh, these are actual things that really read, did happen. I read an reported. Onion article about a Starbucks that was slated to open a Starbucks in the uh, bathroom. Bathroom of Starbucks. Yeah, that's great. That's perfect. Well, as your host for Drinking News, and as a co-host of Smoking and Toasting, I have to admit to you guys, my life is is pretty awesome. I mean, I get to come here and drink great beers, amazing spirits like this tequila. I get to talk about awesome cigars that I've had a chance to smoke. I've got an amazing wife who puts up with my craziness and is very understanding. It's safe for me to say that life is good. But that said, everybody has bad days now and then. Maybe your boss is a jerk, or maybe you invested a bunch of money in crypto, or maybe you're just having one of those days when everything seems to go wrong. Well, I have one of those days, or when I have, rather, one of those days, I often consider getting me one of them emotional support animals. You know? I should probably say, I do have a dog. She's a greyhound named Gracie, and she's awesome and all, but she mostly just likes to sleep and is not in any way an emotional support animal. (laughs) Wikipedia, which we all know is always right, uh, defines an emotional support animal as, quote, an animal that provides relief to individuals with psychiatric disability through companionship, end quote. Emotional support animals may be any type of pet, not just dogs, but are not recognized as service animals under the Americans with Disabilities Act. That's a different thing. 
It goes on to say, any animal that provides support, comfort, or aid to an individual through companionship, unconditional positive regard, and affection may be regarded as an emotional support animal. All right. <clears throat> Would any of your uh, animals qualify? Um, I, I feel like it's the other way around. I feel like I'm emotionally <laughs> supporting my animals most of the time. Well, uh, dogs, of course, make a lot of sense yeah. due to their loyalty and companionship. Although my my dog is darn cute when she stands with her hind legs on the seat of the couch yeah. and her paws on yeah. the back yeah. of the yeah. couch, yeah. and then she's eye height to emotional me, support going and she there. wants you know she wants <clears throat> her pets and stuff. Well, dogs do their loyalty and companionship make a lot of sense for this, but cats, on the other hand, are the opposite. Of supportive, right? I've had a number of cats in my life, and I always describe the relationship as they allowed me to live with them. It's kind of the way the cat thing goes. I'm not sure what kinds of other kinds of pets would make good emotional support animals, but a Pennsylvania man. Pennsylvania man. That worked. That was particularly, uh, like, full-throated, and, like and, and yeah, I like that. A Pennsylvania man has an unusual one. <clears throat> and he likes to take it with him for support everywhere he goes. But he was turned away recently when he tried to take his support animal with him to a Philadelphia Phillies game. Now, I can understand why a Phillies fan might want an emotional support animal. The I mean, I, I can't see why taking, you know, an emotional support dog to a baseball game. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, people but, love dogs. Yeah, well, this wasn't a dog. Oh, well, I can see, you know, if you have a cat and you have a little cat carrier, I can understand. Like, that yeah, makes people that love makes, Absolutely. This wasn't a cat. Oh. I mean, if you have a parakeet on your shoulder oh, and you like want to do the little pirate thing, I get yeah, it. You know, sure. kids like Arr. that. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. It wasn't a parakeet. Oh. You know, the, the Phillies fans, though, you understand why they might have need for such a thing. The Phillies have only won the World Series twice in their entire existence, in 1980 and 2008. And although they will go to the playoffs this year, they've missed the postseason for the last 10. But when Joey Henning of Jonestown, Pennsylvania. Jonestown, Pennsylvania. When Joey tried to enter the Phillies ballpark with his emotional support animal for a game against the Pittsburgh Pirates, he was turned away at the gate. I mean, was it a gerbil? Pictures on social media show Henny with his support animal on a leash and wearing a harness Sounds with the safe. animal's name on it. Sounds safe. The name? Wally. Wally? Wally. As in Wally Gator. Oh! <laughs> yes. Joe Henny's emotional support animal is an alligator. An alligator who apparently has a rather large presence on Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> Wally Gator? <coughs> Wally Gator. Wally Gator. Now, right now. <laughs> like the cartoon. Right now, I know we're all surprised that Joey and Wally are from Pennsylvania and not from no. Florida, <laughs> since uh, American alligators. Now, this is, uh, is, this, is this a native Pennsylvanian alligator? Mm. This is my point. American alligators, according to the Defense of Wildlife Organization, are native to southern Texas, Louisiana, parts of North and South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, and, of course, Florida. So this is not like the, the, the <clears throat> mythical Appalachian alligator. Correct. Citizens Bank Park in Philly has their policy for emotional support animals posted on the Philly's official website. Uh, it says, quote, guide dogs, service animals, or service animals in training are welcome. All other animals are prohibited. So that's correct. No gators. Henny spoke to the Philadelphia Inquirer. I mean, Inquirer. it doesn't say no gators, but I kind of get that yeah. from the spirit of it. Well, Henny spoke to the Philadelphia Inquirer last year and said that Wally Gator which is hard to say with a straight face. <laughs> Wally Gator 
helps him battle depression, and that, quote, he likes to give hugs, end quote. Henny then said that the gator had never bitten anyone. Uh, I mean, that seems like a good quantifier. Or is that a qualifier? I'm not really sure where my English is anymore. Yeah. Uh, so uh, maybe uh, Adam will get some of this and put it up because uh, uh, a Terry is now showing us video of, of, his of Instagram Joey Henning and uh, Wally Gator's Instagram page. He so. loves belly rubs. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure he does. <laughs> I mean, that thing's real cute until it's like nine feet long. <laughs> And he likes to give hugs, according to Henny. Now, listen, I guess if it works he for this. He likes to hug people with his mouth yeah. and then spin around real fast while he's hugging yeah. you. And thrash them about. <laughs> yeah, I guess if it works for this Pennsylvania man, more power to him. But I can tell you, I am not at all interested in getting a hug from an alligator. I have never once seen an alligator and thought to myself, oh, I should get a hug. And this is being said from a person who lives in, lived in Liberty. Yeah. And has had an alligator in the yard. Yeah. Like, I never once thought to myself, well, that alligator needs a hug. I don't feel like you can open that up, like, so other yeah. people can bring their alligators, totally. too. Totally. <laughs> well, with all of this said, there are probably weirder support animals than Wally Gator. So, after doing a bit of questionable research, those I mean, of us here are drinking news. Wallaby, I guess. Yeah. Uh, those of us here drinking news have prepared a handy list for uh, for you of the... Top five emotional support animals more dubious than Wally. Top five emotional support animals more dubious than Wally. And here we go, number five. Ricky the Rattler, owned by Jeb Rancherton of Liberty, Texas. Oh, is this a real person? This is a real, wow. Number four. Pearl, a white tiger owned by Joe Exotic, the Tiger King. Mm. Is it, was Pearl a, a, an emotional support animal? Uh, I think it was for Joe Exotic. For Joe. Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <clears throat> Number two, Sammy the Skunk, the emotional support animal of Roscoe Smoot of Panama City, Florida. <laughs> Number two, Sir Poops a Lot, an emotional support ferret belonging to Carl Boone of Boogertown, North Carolina. Boogertown? It's a real thing. Look it up. Sir Poops a Lot of Boogertown? Yeah. <laughs> are, are you of the Boogertown Poops a Lot? <laughs> and the number one emotional support animal more dubious than Wally Gator, number one, Harvey the Honey Badger, who is currently <laughs> missing from the home of Darnell Twigston in Pawpaw, West Virginia, who is a terrible support animal because we all know just what it is that he does not give. <laughs> he doesn't give any of those. <laughs> Reporting live from outside Central Park, Central Bank Park in Philadelphia, where some guy just offered me 100 bucks to watch his gator while he goes into the game. Who's the guy from Liberty? My name That's is amazing. Cruz, and that is your... Drinking news, drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> I just want to say, you know, there there have been a few things that have happened on this program over our, what, two, uh, 348 It's easy. We episodes. have almost 400. Cut that in half. we got 348. All right. So three, over the last 348 episodes, there have been a number of things that I've been incredibly proud to have been able to do or experience or say. That's new math for all yous that uh, are confused. But one of I them, said all yous because we were talking about Pennsylvania. One of them is that I was able to, on this show, number 348, I was able to actually say on the mic 
the name Sir Poops a lot. <laughs> that's been, a, that's been a kind of a lifetime Sir goal Poops-a-Lot. of mine. Sir Poops a lot. And by the way, anyone who's ever had a ferret, you know what I'm talking about. Those animals poop their weight nice every, hour. <laughs> every hour. Every hour. Every hour. I'm telling you. And they are they are what you might call semi litter box trained, which means you'll do a lot of cleaning the litter box. And a little bit of cleaning other stuff like your sock drawer and uh, other things where the ferret finds a comfortable place to relieve him or herself. Yeah. So they're they're adorable creatures, but they are nasty. Yeah. But not like the honey badger. The honey badger. Honey badger. Honey badger. And he's currently missing. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, he is. So if you see him, please notify. You know what honey badgers really care about? Nothing. Not a thing. Not a thing. They really, uh, they run all out of, you know, things to give. Right? (laughs) Have you ever heard that song, I Have No More, you know, What's to Give? Yes, I have. It's brilliant. Yes, it is. It's very good. And it reminds me of one of my favorite sayings. And, of course, we have to edit this because we're played on on broadcast radio. But uh, uh, I think the saying goes, if an angel flew down right now and gave me a blank I would have one to give you. <laughs> An angel flew down, sat on my shoulder, and gave me one. Then I would have one right, to give I'd you. I'd be able to hand you. Yeah, I'd be one. able to hand it to you right now. I mean, I left mine at home. Like yeah. they sit proudly on my mantle. I left my heart in San Francisco, and I left that in uh, uh, Liberty, Texas. I think right. is where I left that. So uh, can't believe anyway. you found a guy in Liberty, Texas, and has a <laughs> I, rattler. I was, I was so thrilled about that because I knew. You know, with what with your heritage and, the ra- and yeah, and yeah. I, from, I know Liberty well. From Liberty, so I thought you were going to make up the animals, and then mm-hmm. to find out they were real was what mm-hmm. made me <laughs> brilliant, sir. Did I uh, say at some point they were real? Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know if, I'm not sure. If I, I'm not sure if I uh, if I stress that point or not. Brilliant, but uh, but it does happen. So I just want to mention, getting back to spirits and and you know the real point of the show, that this tequila does what almost all of my favorite tequilas do, which is, and it's not just because of the alcohol content, but the more you sip this, the better the flavor gets. The deeper there's a, the notes there's a get. deep, and, like, resonant peppery thing mm-hmm. that happens that I didn't detect at first. And, and this is a more peppery, it's more peppery than a lot of my favorites, but I don't mind that. Now, there are some, um, there are some tequilas, including, like, the Hornitos Añejo, Hornitos is very peppery. Yeah, it's really good, but only if you're okay with a lot of pepper. Yeah, it's very, I mean, it's that's just a pepper. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> you know, you know, Ter- we're having a Terry's good show like, when the producer comes Terry's reaching like, for the tequila bottle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so no, but uh, but Hornitos is an example. Uh, it's it's very good, but only if you like pepper. Like if you don't like a lot of pepper, that's not a tequila yeah, for you. Right. Uh, this one is not nearly that much pepper, but it does have enough to kind of like. I don't know. Sharpen the the flavors but it, up a little bit, but it builds a little bit. Like 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 I'm on my <clears throat> third glass. Um, of in uh, fairness, the glasses have not been full. No. Yeah, <laughs> my third glass of uh, research, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and what's funny is the pepper builds a little bit, but it doesn't build in like a it's too spicy kind of way. It builds in a very much like. You're just getting a little more of this thing that you've mm-hmm. been. Oh, it's there in the background, and it's really nice. I'm going to say this is a highly recommended uh, tequila. Really and we've good. had some really, really good ones. The last several mm-hmm. that we've had on the show have been just really outstanding. 
really i love the sweetness up front you know uh one thing we didn't talk about there's almost no heat to this right a little tiny tiny bit on the finish but not much yeah i mean like there's there's not a big uh tequila hug that comes back to get you or anything which reminds me a little bit of the skelly which that's one of the reasons it's so dangerous because there's very little heat to let you know what you're imbibing and yeah. along with that pepper, there's a slight, tiny bit of butteriness mm-hmm. to it that I've been like. I'm just like to you say, start a buttery quality. Yeah, but what I like about this is that the longer you continue to sip it, the more the flavors open up to you. Yeah, and, it, and I really like that. It's like, uh, you know, it's like watching a good movie or TV show, and it's it unfolding you your mind as you man. go and expands your mind. Expand By the way, mind, remind me to talk to you about the terminal list. Uh, we will uh, take a break and be back. We do have one more thing to taste, <laughs> and it is called Old Engine Oil. It's an Engineer's Reserve Blackest Ale from Scotland. Oh, I did it again. Oh. I kind of nailed that, <laughs> don't you can't think? Help yourself. Man, I'm on fire. We'll be right back. It's smoking it's dust. Scottish as crap. Back at Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. And as Ian is pouring our final craft beer, I just want to say I continue to enjoy this tequila more and more. It like does this thing where it opens up the longer you uh, sip on it. So I encourage Dude. you, if you try this, don't gulp it down right away. Sip on it so you can like still be hanging around to enjoy as this thing opens up and, and almost like the bloom of a flower. So Ian just poured. It doesn't disappoint in the name there, does it, <laughs> when you look beer. at it? It's called Old Engine Oil Engineer's Reserve, and boy, does it live, at least visually, <laughs> Man, you remember your up first, to its you name. You remember your first car and when your dad said, <laughs> have you changed the oil on this car? And you're like, change the oil. That's pretty much what, what do you this, change it to? That's yeah. it says blackest ale, and then underneath it has this this very eloquent um, and uh, and poetic uh, uh, description of it. It says viscous, malt, chocolatey, and roasty. So it sounds like something you would really dig: viscous, uh, malt, chocolatey, and roasty. It is. Uh, it is all those things just by looking at, it. and it smells like burnt coffee. Hmm. Um. Wow. <laughs> like like and meat broth almost. So I want to tell you I picked this up downstairs in my building at Phoenicia uh the little uh, grocery market there where they have a really nice beer selection and a few that I've like never seen before and this was one of them I was like we should try this out. It looks like something we should try on the show. The intensely flavored uh but incredibly smooth Engineers Reserve is our fabulous old engine oil brewed up to 9% alcohol by volume. Three hop varieties, Grassy Fuggles, Spicy East Kent Goldens, and Fruity Galena are combined with roast barley, providing a slightly burnt toasted coffee character. Enjoy a bottle after dinner. Take time to savor the earthy hop, fruity flavors of spectacularly spectacularly dark, rich beer. It almost, it it said something key in there, because what I get is almost a burnt coffee bean. Um, you, You know when somebody, like, left the coffee pot on for too long and it and it you know kind of like crystallizes yes. and burns and it's it's one of those really bad aromas that still it's has some good. kind of good to, to it's it good. you know what I mean? so if you took like you hate just the smell of gasoline but you kind of like yeah, it yeah right so if you took just the good part of that it it, it kind of emanates from this blackest ale uh, mm-hmm. this is it's got enough drama in it i kind of love it is this your thing 
Uh, I like it. I, I would drink this in any situation. Floating this down is, the river. This would be tube. floating down the river at a baseball game. I'm fine with it. <laughs> I can't yeah. even imagine. On the 4th of July, the 4th of July picnic, yeah, right? Watching right. the fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine like sitting there at a baseball game, eating those peanuts, dropping the shells all over the floor, right? Like you drinking do. This. And drinking this. I can't imagine that. But I like it. I do. I mean, and it is viscous. It is big. It is already. Uh, it's a little more carbonated than I expected. Actually, I agree with that. I, there's, I, there's more bubbles than I thought there would be, which I think gives it kind of a spiciness that I wasn't expecting. I like agree. The bubbles kind of translate to a little spicy. I'm, the chocolate is there, but it is. It is chocolate on top of burnt coffee. I mean, mm -hmm. it is. It is burnt chocolate on top of burnt coffee with like, like, like roasted malt burnt stuff too. I'm, this has an overall, like, if you love burnt toast, this is going to go well with it. You know what's really good? And I'm not kidding. Burnt cinnamon toast. Oh, no, I'm, I'm fine oh. with that. Oh, it's Like, wonderful. if you can burn it to the perfect amount of burnt, it's, it's perfect. And while we're talking about burnt, let's just go ahead and say Elvis was on to something with burnt bacon. Because mm -hmm. the best bacon is, like, so Slightly crispy, it's almost charcoal. Uh. That is bacon, my friend. That's wonderful. But uh, but no, the burnt uh, old engine oil here is actually kind of working for it's me. It's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious, what's it going to do when I sip this? Uh, oh, and I have no idea because oh. these seem like they'd be diametrically opposed. So weirdly enough, going from the burnt roasty beer from Scotland um, to the tequila, it brings out. Way more of the agave. And I was going to say it's much pepper. more agave and, forward. And, uh, grassy and um, more natural flavors. Going back to the beer. Yep. Is pretty awful. Well, you're right. It doesn't do yep. the engine oil any favors. <laughs> no. It just basically reduces the beer down to a burnt. Uh, uh, like the if burnt, you scraped the all coffee. the burnt part of the yeah. toast off and then Co ate just the burnt part that you scraped off. That's just what, the charcoal. That's yeah. what it tastes like. <laughs> toast charcoal. Uh, well, I got to tell you, by itself, though, by this itself is good. It's pretty good. It's not necessarily. It's yeah, I'm. Uh, I'd be curious. Like, this is so burnt flavored that I wonder if a cigar would even match with this. I, this is. This I is don't a, know. This is a big oh, beer no. that I think that it'd be hard to find a cigar to go with this. It's from Hillfoot's Village in Scotland. I'm uh, I'm thinking we might have to visit. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, have a good week next week. I know you'll be out next week. We'll I will a, be. I'll be in Minnesota for all you uh, Minnesotans out Jim there. Jim Heim will be here with me. We'll drink and smoke and talk about it. And uh, uh, have a good time. We'll see you when you get back. Smoking and Toasting is uh, produced out of the RFC Media and Sweet Radio Studios in Houston, Texas. And we thank you for joining us for show number 348. Have a great week, my friends. Watch out for them gator support animals. And uh, I'll see you uh, in two weeks, eh? Cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all.